This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Welcome to Chapter Tactics, your 40k podcast, which focuses on playing Warmer 40k competitively at all levels of the game. I'm your host, Mr. Petey Pob, and with me I have Jeff, Sean, and the great Recius on your episode today. Hello. Howdy. That's Reese Dick Robbins to you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, today we're going to be talking about the 40k Knight. Not just the Imperial Knight, but also the Chaos Knights. Uh, normally, we don't do a whole lot of Codex coverage. I like to save that for the billions of other 40k media outlets out there, your Codex reviews and whatnot. However, uh, the Chaos Knight Codex is going to be a special case. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Chaos Knight Codex. Uh, we're not going to get into nitty-gritty. If you want that, check out Jeff's latest episode on the Chaos Knight Codex review. And I imagine you can also go to Signals this Wednesday. Check it out there. Their talk, they're going to break down all the rules, yeah. get their, give their opinions on it. Go uh, ahead. I think probably this is as good a time as any. Uh, Sean and I finally landed on a show, so it's going to be a little bit awkward, but we're we're doing 40K Slut Center, and it's going to be mm-hmm. the two of us discussing Codex reviews. And nothing uh, but Codex reviews. And we nothing will but just... that. So we'd and ask that you please don't cover it on the show, actually. And yep. also, <laughs> like to be clear, we are using the singular here. We are just going to review the the Chaos Knight Codex over and over and over. Yeah. <laughs> so if that's the kind of coverage you're looking for, I think you're going to be really happy with the show. So a lot of people touch on the topic and then move on, not us. Like yeah, I think yeah. that's really cowardly of them, so we're just going to kind of... <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, we're the first show brave enough to only review one book. Yep, yeah. every episode is a different relic. No, oh no, 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 the same, same content. Yeah, yeah, oh, different yes. angles on it. Yeah, <laughs> beautiful. I cannot wait. However, until then, uh, we are going to talk about the Chaos Knight Codex specifically. We're going to talk about its effect on the meta as a whole. Uh, so we're going to talk about some things you need to watch out for in the Codex. Some powerful combinations, maybe some things that you haven't necessarily seen yet online or something that people haven't mentioned so we're going to try and cover all that and then we're going to talk about knights in general imperial and chaos the like we're not discriminatory on this podcast wow we have a mexican it's me (laughs) a token yeah uh so uh we're going to talk about knights uh the reason why is because knights are so popular right now already and i remember when renegade knights were really popular in chaos there were renegade knights everywhere too uh, knights are th- one of those models now that everyone has w- between the Imperial Knights Renegade box uh, and all the powerful rules that have come out for Knights. Um, knights are pretty much the new Space Marine, I think, of this era. Uh, ever since they've come out, everyone has a Knight, everyone has Space Marines. It's kind of, just kind of the thing. Um, so because of that, 
these new Chaos Knights are going to come out, and I think we're going to see a lot more Knights than what we've seen already, which is saying a lot, because there's already so many Knight players out there. Uh, so I'm going to dedicate an entire episode to playing with Knights and how to beat Knights as well, kind of like general counters, what you have to watch out for, what Knights' capabilities are, and so on and so forth. So look at this as your overall encompassing review of the 40k Knight and its stats in competitive 40k. But mm-hmm. before we go on, this episode was brought to you by the brand new Frontline Gaming Network. Branded last week, you can thank 40k Stat Center. They're already shaping the network up. The network head has fi- been fired and rehired. What? <laughs> wow. <laughs> you didn't get the memo, Reese? For gross incompetence, yes, I got it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. It's, it's, it's like a family guy situation. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I know when I'm beaten, you know? <laughs> well, then you're so, better than Family Guy. So Frontline Gaming, of course, also this episode was, of course, also brought to you by Frontline Gaming, where you can get that awesome Chaos Knight Codex at a 15% discount and a whole bunch of secondhand shop nights that people always just seem to send me. So check that out. And, of course, this is brought to you by the beautiful patrons at patreon.com slash chapter tactics, where every month we give away something. And lo and behold, I was going to give away an Apocalypse Attachment box this month. However, they're selling out like crazy. I don't think I'll be able to get one. So I'm going to give you a giving away night this month. Loyalist, Chaos, Xenos, I don't know. We'll figure it Ooh. out. But one night, and um, that's it. I've got I've got like eight of them. So I think you guys can have one wow. uh, or we can work something out. Boom. And that's it. If you would like to win that night, go to patreon.com slash chapter tactics and sign up for the standard patron. All right. Quick announcement before we begin. ETC lists went up. Jeff already smack talking online. You mean ATC? I'm sorry, ETC lists. Well, both did actually. So, so the ATC yeah. lists were last week. So catch that episode if you want to hear Jeff's take on the ATC lists and kind of our our quick take on what the good top ATC lists are. Over these are the European Team Championship lists. Uh, they are not official official because I believe that they're going to be up for review. So if there's any like mistakes or corrections you need to make, I think they might change. Um, but for the most part, we have an idea of what everyone is running now. So those ETC lists are up. Uh, Jeff, minutes into them publishing, already smack-talking online. I got to hand it to you, Jeff. I think that's a world record. Sass in about five seconds. Would expect yeah. no less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, I mean, this, he, knows me. Yeah, he's practiced <laughs> at this. Like, he's he's been playing StarCraft for years, so you, you would expect no less. Well, it's low-hanging fruit, too, because we have... Thank you. Uh, we... My third box of Oreos this week. That'll be great. Mm. Um, <laughs> You're an adult. Room, yeah, Shane just handed me a full box of Oreos because he knows I like him. He's a good guy. It's, yeah, uh, it's Ireland, so I, I can't take all the credit. I do want to mm. thank um, English history, essentially, and I kind of want to. I do want to give a special nod to the ginger seed that did infiltrate the uh, Irish kind of DNA pool a long time ago, and made them just kind of more accustomed to this kind of talk. So. To be honest, you call it smack talk. I'm pretty sure this is a cultural thing. They're just supposed to be talked to this way. So if it weren't for the fact that I was mentioning them being worse generals and uh, nobody can really understand what they say, that kind of stuff, then I I feel like I would be not talking to the Irish. I'm saying like that would be just weird. So I I feel like I'm on point. I'm hearing cultural appropriation on Jeff's channel. He's always a snarky, you know, uh, drunk, I guess, or acts like it anyways. I think... I think there's definitely some cultural appropriation on Jeff's channel. I no, it's cool. He's, he's, it. he's 164th Irish. So oh, okay. I see. I see. Yeah. He's, 
He's he's white. I got it. Boom. All right. Uh, smack talking aside, Jeff. Uh, the rumor is that the USETC team has a billion grots on their list. Yeah. Uh, so uh, do you, do you want to kind of run through what you can talk about? Uh, yeah, well, they're published. The I can list? talk about it now. I'm excited. We've been working on these lists and talking about it, and it's got that real team atmosphere, which is really fun and cool. Um, but yeah, I think one of the funny ones that grabbed a lot of people's attention is Nick Rose. And I think the funniest part about that list, so it's it's close to, I think, 300 grots. Um <laughs> And he's taken it to a couple of tournaments, so some people have had some ideas about it. It looks like I'm kind of going through the list I have been for the last hour or so. I don't think anybody else straight up copied that, because by the time they saw that he was doing that, it was a little bit late, so they would have had to audible to that really quick. A lot of people are going with the more standard orc list, but it's funny listening to Nick's thought process, because he was all over the place. He was trying out the standard orc list. He was trying out, you know whole bunch of different things and then one day he's just like what if i just do 300 grots and we're all like okay yeah sure try it <laughs> so they did like cardboard cutouts because before he bought them uh and he was like i don't think i can deploy all these guys and he worked out that you can deploy them all and then he was like yeah i think i'll just do 300 grots and he goes to these tournaments he went to a couple and it turns out when 300 grots uh hold like their their pistol sideways and shoot you in the head <laughs> <laughs> can do a lot of damage actually and then of course shooting through them is an absolute chore uh but it's really good for the etc format because it's not like that list is invincible there's obviously you know five repulsors or uh infinite tau guns and stuff like that where maybe that's not the greatest matchup but then you just put that list down against like eldar flyers or you know three mm. imperial knights and you're like have yeah. fun because there's a mech attack gun and like uh flash gets behind that that you'll never ever get to see <laughs> so yeah it's a conundrum it's a problem for people that's so funny. Uh, and then the other list that I, I think our team actually has a pretty interesting list after looking through this, but I'm taking the one that people have seen for a while now, the Mortarian Chaos Soup that was um, made up by our team and has been out there for a while. Austin Wingfield, I think it gets the title as the actual architect of that, but it's pretty cool because it's such a fun list that you're actually seeing people straight up 100% with the exact same list as me at other tournaments, and that always feels good. Um but that, that's a powerful list that I've talked a lot about in the past. If people have questions, they can answer them, of course. But I'm excited to put that down against some European pros and watch them try to take four hours in a game against me because my turns will take about 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> and then on the other side, we have Alex Fennel running a really cool Knights Admech list with three Knights, I believe it is. And then he took, uh, it's, it's escaping me now, but the fortification that's really hard to kill. The Aquila Macro Point, or not the Macro Point, not that hard to kill. The Plasma Obliterator. No, you're still thinking way too outside the box. We're 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 in the box team here. It's it's like the, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's tough nine two up save or something like that. But it's anyways. He's putting like uh, nine Plasma Devis, uh, Destroyers, I think they're called, inside of that, and then <laughs> has three knights outside of it and some other Admex stuff. Um, but that's another skew list that's really tough for people to deal with. Because if you're just getting shot by 96 plasma, like rerolling everything with like I think plus one to wound and plus one damage the entire game, that's really tough, mm-hmm. especially when they're in a building. Yeah. You still and have then, the two wardens and the gallant to deal with. Yep. And they're flying right at you, of course. Um, then we have a GSC list ran by, I Juice. think it's Juice, right? Yeah. Yep. And he's just been loving it. He fell in love with them at Adepticon earlier this year. And he took it over. It was going to be Nick Rose, who was the Gene Stokehold guy, but he lost faith and 
is not exci as excited about them, so Juice took it over. And then we have Naden, Sean Naden, running a typical Sean Naden list where everyone looks at it and they're <laughs> like, what? And he's like, no worry, bruh. It's like Eldar stuff or whatever. But it's got a lot of haywire, and there's an absolute crap ton of uh, vehicles at this tournament. If you get a chance to look yeah. through the list, there's a lot of knights, a lot of assassins, a lot of flyers, a lot of vehicles, that kind of stuff. Um, so his list actually ends up being pretty cool in those matchups, I think. And then we have Mike. Werner. What's up? Oh, oh, keep going, man. Werner on Necrons, I believe we landed on, right? Is that there? Yeah, Those Werner's look? on Necrons. Nice. He was one that was up in the air with a bunch of different lists. Um, but at the end of the day, we sided with what he's comfortable with as opposed to just taking a list we think would be good. And that's kind of a theme on our team. There's a few guys that ended up with lists that weren't necessarily like, we have to have this archetype of a team. It was more of a like... The deciding factor was this is what you'll be happy with type of thing. And then we can play around that. And I don't even know what his list ended up being, to be honest with you, because that was... It's kind of the... I don't want to call it the standard Necron list, but the usual suspects are there. He's got two large units of Tomb Blades, the three uh, Doomsday Arcs, and three Doom Sites. There you go. With with immortal mm -hmm. Teslas and some characters. Yep. So, Tomb Blades, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Just, just uh, your, your standard Necron list. And you're exactly right. That's the one we've we've seen a lot of, but it's very good. It's, a, it's yeah, a good solid. It's performing yep. very well. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Now, now, what are you? What are you? What are you going to be feeding Mike Brandt um, to make sure he gets through one turn in four hours with these billion <laughs> infantry squads? Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I think Mike Brandt so, will fit in just w wonderfully with the European <laughs> uh, casual, but, slower play of style. Um, jo joking aside, uh, Mike, um, but uh, it's too late, Pablo. Oh, it's okay. The brigade is uh, Katachan Brigade with Colonel Ironhead Strock and a company commander. Uh, ten infantry squads is what I'm counting, but I believe he means nine because I don't think you can fit ten. I don't actually know what the limit on a brigade yeah, is. Yeah, I count I count ten infantry squads. I think you can um, take up to twelve. Uh, I don't I don't actually troops, don't know. I've never, I don't remember off I've never head. seen anyone yeah. go go on a brigade more than nine, so <laughs> uh, he's got an astropath, a Minostorm priest, of course, and a Catachan brigade with Harker, three scout sentinels, three by three mortars, and two wyverns. Uh, pretty, pretty standard Catachan brigade. And then um, a Mike Brandt special, uh, three smash captains and two blood angels detachments with uh, two intercessor squads, a unit of scouts, and a sanguinary ancient Astroth and the Sanguinor. Uh, so basically, Catachan sprinkled in with a bunch of really hard hitting characters. Yeah, and it's funny because yeah, that ended up being quite a theme. If you look through the UTC list, almost every team has somebody with a Blood Angel detachment or Imperium list mm -hmm. that has two to three Smash Captains. And then Europe fell in love with the uh, Librarian Dreadnought, I guess. And there's mm -hmm. actually even a couple of those in some lists. So there's things with wings and hammers flying around trying to smash you. Uh, it's the same <laughs> kind of concept with Mike Brandt's list. But one of the things that was up in the air with that was either Bolgren or Wyverns, who's kind of coming down to. And it looks like he sided with the wyverns, which is cool. Yeah, I like. I really like the wyverns. Um, the uh, bulgurns are nice, but all day, baby. Uh, I mean, you know, the wyverns. Just because you're in an ETC matchup, so you got to get to pick what you're playing a little bit to an extent. I just I feel like the wyverns can just do so much more. They have more bad matchups, so I think the bulgurns are probably better in a straight tournament. If you had to build a list like this. They're a little bit redundant with what he's trying to do. And I think the Wyverns are in there because a lot of what he wants to do is hurl missiles at you in the shape of Blood Angel guys. So being able to clear out the chafe that would stop that from getting to 
important places is important, whereas Bulgren are fantastic and are an absolute linchpin unit for most lists. Um, in this matchup, they would just be trying to get up there to clear that chafe. And if you had ways to slow that down or stop that from happening, then all of a sudden you have Blood Angel captains that are killing like 10 cultists. And that's not great. Yeah. Because then they probably die. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, I, re- I really like his chaos matchup. He goes against like 200 plague bears. He just runs in there and then the wyverns with Relic of Lost Katie. It's just a, it's a good list. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I, I want to briefly mention Sean Dane's list before we move on. Uh, well, you because... can't move on because we haven't said Brad's list, but keep going. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we'll 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 say Brad's list last. Brad's running Eldar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jeff, take it away. <laughs> oh, you want to talk about Sean's list separately? Okay. So yeah, Brad, oh. <laughs> certainly not uh, least, but absolutely the shortest. Chester. <laughs> uh, some Whoa. think that his last name actually originates from where his head reaches most women, and in smaller kind of countries, we're thinking like you know, Peruvia and stuff like that. So. Not quite sure the origin of it, but it's something along those lines. Brad is running Eldar vehicles uh, with like the American spin on it. So I haven't looked at the last iteration of it, but it's something like a unit of swooping hawks, three night spinners or two maybe. Yeah, two night spinners, three fire prisms, uh, farseer, and then uh, four wave serpents and three crimson hunter exarchs. Yeah, it's a little bit more balanced. Um, It's interesting. I think that's a very, very good list. And of course, we're going to try to get good matchups, but... You look at kind of like the other Eldar equivalents, like the cowardly English version, which has nine Eldar flyers, takes a concept uh, that's good and then takes it to excess, you know, and that's kind of the British way. It's like drinking beer is good, but drinking so much beer that your cheeks are always red, your nose is larger than your face. Not so good, right? And it kind of messes up with your teeth. These are kind of the things you want to look out for. And and Brad Chester, of course, uh, not doing that. He's going to remain completely spherical in body shape and form and take a more <laughs> rounded list as as is his way uh, <clears throat> uh sean i i know you you're running flyers and wave serpents although your list both of your lists are actually really different um what do you think of this list with the three fire prisms and the two night spinners uh versus kind of like a more eldar flyers list or more troops or something it's interesting. It, it gives you a little bit more on the ground and a little bit better late game scoring, presuming those units are arrived, but it's definitely more vulnerable to firepower. So if I were playing this against, say, like knights or something, I would be kind of worried uh, because they're just going to get in there and dance all over your guys. But if you're able to dodge those the, the lists where that's going to be an issue... Um, the three prisms and and two spinners are going to put out a pretty monstrous amount of firepower against a lot of armies. And there are, especially in ETC format, a lot of armies that just, they don't have any shooting. Uh, you see that with a lot of chaos lists and other things where it's just like, oh, yeah, I didn't bring any guns. I have like one pistol on one of my HQs and that's it. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, like, you don't put him against Magnus Mortarian, right? Or or uh, Knights, but um, but it's very interesting. Uh, and then finally, uh, I just want to briefly mention Sean's weird list. Um, <laughs> it's Sean Naden, uh, not Sean Morgan. Uh, two Shadow Seers. <laughs> so many great Sean's out there, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sh- two Shadow Seers and a Harlequin's uh, Dreaming Shadow Detachment uh, with uh, Solitaire. Two, three units of Skyweavers, two units of five, one unit of three, all with Haywire Cannons, of course. Um, Everine, a Succubus, and one witch bomb and two min units of witches and then finally six talos and a homunculus and a prophets of flesh spearhead detachment so very weird uh and then of course coached by the best general mr adam abramowicz it's in jerbon that's how you pronounce that oh i see i apologize <laughs> he's a great guy he was uh 
it's actually very tough to submit lists in ETC. Like the format wise is very specific. And then there's a whole bunch of stuff that you absolutely have to have perfect. So there's a lot of pressure on it. So we did have one mistake in our list. Um, there's like a jack a jackal alphas that doesn't have a creed next to it or something like that. Hmm. Uh, but it, all these things can be corrected or you take a small point deduction. I guess infamously Poland had a matchup last year where they were down minus 70 points before the game even started and they won. Jeez. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That was yeah, that's interesting. Um so it happens every year and it's kind of par for the course, not the end of the world, but I do like that there's this period of time to review and stuff as well because you just want to take legal lists and have a real tournament. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, uh we will we will be talking more about the ETC later on as we get closer to it. Uh we'll definitely have to get some foreigners on, talk ETC, maybe some more smack talk. Um but for now, let's go ahead and talk about Chaos Knights. So uh, first thing we're going to do is we're going to talk about the Chaos Knight Codex in general. Um, like I mentioned before, uh, this isn't going to be a comprehensive review. If you want that, there's plenty of places online that you can go and check that out. Uh, we're going to talk specifically uh, the important talking points in the list, what people are looking at, uh, which Chaos Knights are the best, what are some of the combinations that you're going to see out of this Chaos Knights Codex, and kind of just like what our, our first impressions are from a competitive standpoint. Um, so immediately when you get into the book... The first decision you make when you pick your knight is uh, Iconoclast or Infernal. So those are the two households. Um, and one thing that's important to note is that there are Chaos Knight households like in the fluff. Like there's, they actually have like House Terran equivalents or whatever, but they're not in the book. Um, so think of these as your Questor Mechanicus or Questor Imperialis if you are a Imperial Knights player. Um, so. Uh, Reese, I know, has a lot of has a lot of opinions on that kind of iconicast and infernal. Uh, but Jeff and Sean, I'd be interested to think um, out of those two, wh- which do you think stands out to you as the better one already? Go ahead, Sean. Um, it's an interesting decision. I've been looking at it a lot since they started uh, putting things up. I think it is relatively easy for me to say that the iconoclast bonus is better. I would much rather get the bonus attack and AP in melee than a benefit that does nothing unless I choose to take mortal wounds. But that said, it also I believe that the infernals have superior stratagems. Um, so I don't think there is a clear-cut X is better than Y in this case. Um, it's going to depend a lot on what kind of knights you're running and what sort of roles you want them in. Uh, but with all that said, I think I like Iconoclast more, uh, just because it is more consistent and more reliable overall. Yeah, yeah I think um, that's where a lot of people side with. It also, I believe it's Iconoclast gives you access to the 4++, right? Yes. Yeah, it's Iconoclast. But then you can't rotate to a 3++, right? It's just no, tapped out? Yeah, it's just, yeah. it's exactly like Knights in that respect. So that's kind of cool. I think that's a little bit mitigated if you don't plan on running a tyrant. Um, the mm-hmm. one command point to rotate is not that big of a deal at all, I find. But uh, I do agree with Sean. The just straight up consistency of always getting plus one attack essentially is a pretty darn big deal. Um, and then the leadership thing's kind of funny because like that's nice, but it's more that it's it's strangely synergistic with some of the other things you can do. Which there's a lot of like leadership debuffs in there. So I don't know that you built a knight around leadership, but you kind of could. <laughs> um and maximize that knights are big models and they get they want to get in your face anyways so there's a whole bunch of like yeah a whole bunch of leadership problems start to happen in your opponent's phase yeah um 
to speak to the Infernal household, because I right now have my list as that. Um, and we'll talk about it in a little bit, but these guys sold me on Dreadblades, I guess. We're all going to roll the dice and get risky here, but I like that. But um, <laughs> the Infernal stratagems are pretty sick. Like, a knight getting up on a 4++, or on, excuse me, on a 4+, is a big deal. Uh, we yeah. know that from the Imperial Knights. And then that one has the specific feeder one as well, where for every yeah. model you kill, you get to take a wound back on a 4+. So good. Um, up to six. That's the secret sauce of the Infernal House, for sure. Yeah, and, yeah. and there's just like... I think a lot of people know that's strong, but you need to understand when you're looking at a tournament of five or six rounds or more, there's just certain matchups where literally that stratagem just is a huge problem. They're like, well, mm-hmm. my whole thing is I need to get on top of you and kill you. And the ability to kill to one shot a night, it is possible, of course, and there are lists that do that. But then there's a lot of lists that can't. They they rely on getting you down low and weathering you. And if you're just constantly healing six plus in your fight phase and theirs... Uh, yeah. not six plus, but excuse me, up to six, then holy cow, that, that game's just over. Yeah, the the other thing is is you can your knight can get back up and you can do it again. Just eat more wounds. You're like, oh, you yeah. start with D three wounds remaining. Oh, by the way, I got up in your combat phase and my knight is a, a heroic intervention, a character knight, so I heroically intervene into you and then bind the souls and heal back up to ten health or whatever. Like silly. It's yeah, you can go from zero to nine in one turn. Um, which, like, that's just going to be back-breaking if you ever do that. When you can do it in both fight phases, too. Like, yep, you yep. can do it in yours and theirs. Yeah, it's and the it's, fight phase. It's ludicrous, it, man. Like, you can make, you can limp into combat with two wounds left, and then at the end of your opponent's turn, be back up to 14. Yeah. And, and again, the night matchup for a lot of people is, like, I get them low, and then I barely have enough to start finishing them off. But if you can get past that threshold of, like, their assets that exist that need to kill your knights all of a sudden die or get depleted, the game's yep. just over. That that happens it's a lot. Because keep in mind, it could just be that one knight, or it could be two other knights behind that pummeling their repulsors or their ludas or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's usually knights actually have a problem with like battles of attrition because, you know, they're big stompy models, but they their wound count compared to many lists is actually quite low. Right. Um, but when you're starting to regain those T8 three-up wounds, um, then suddenly it starts looking very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> and then we didn't even talk about Iconoclast, uh, but the ability to get you oh, know, God. 21 attacks, 18, 21, consistently. Um, you can get oh, plus God. one attack, Warlord trait, uh, you get an extra attack when you charge, um, well, also your AP3 on the charge. Uh, yeah, AP three then... with dancing feet is huge. Uh, yeah, but it's also it's... like, it's like we say that infernals get the best stratagems, but the vows, all three of the vows are really strong. Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, it's like one plus one attack for every ten models you've killed in shooting or melee. Like that just becomes disgusting really fast, especially when you are already getting a bonus to your melee, and you know can't wound me on better than the four up is great uh there's a lot of guns out there that would like to be wounding knights on threes or twos it's melee Uh, is where you really see the benefit from that one yeah it's suddenly that uh smash captain or orc with the the full buffs uh is not killing your knight or more wounding you on fours instead of twos. yeah (laughs) yeah 
Um, and that bypasses all bonuses other than rerolls. So, like, that is actually going to make it very rough. Even on, like, a night-on-night -night fight, if you, like, dive into that Gallant or whatever, uh, it can't really use its Chainsword against you because it's just not doing what it needs to. Right. Yeah. So, <clears throat> um, I, I think uh, where I stand ultimately is um, I think the Iconoclast is kind of your bread-and-butter consistent house you, you know you get the attack bonuses guaranteed um you get damage output on top of uh, any night basically so you can do a double gatling cannon or a double battle mm -hmm. cannon in the night and then that night hits just as hard as a gallant an imperial knights uh gallant easily um whereas the infernal household is is good it has a lot of powerful combinations but to me it feels a little more cute right like they they also have the uh psychic or the stratagem that lets you uh perils on any die roll instead of on ones yeah. or sixes which, which yeah. is cool. It, it can really help out, but it's it's still inconsistent because it's only a twelve inch range. And even the getting back up on a four plus and the on a four plus you heal, like it's just it's inconsistent. It can also do nothing for you. Um, so uh, to me personally, I think the iconoclast is probably something that's a little bit more competitive. Whereas infernal is if you want to get a little cuter, do you want a, a little bit more fun and variety? Um, I would take infernal. Also, you get the four up invuln with the iconoclast, which is. Still pretty big. Yeah, no, but yeah. I, I wouldn't go as far as to say it's a little bit more competitive. Like that's that's tough for me to to get behind fully because there's just there's there's so many combos and buildouts you can do. Right. Uh, yeah. We haven't even talked about the dreadblade stuff yet, but yeah, oh, yeah, geez, yeah. I think if you're like straight up right now, you're listening to this and you're just shopping cart list that you saw online, and you're like, I don't want to think too hard. Then yeah, I guess you go iconoclast because it's pretty straightforward. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know that I would go as far as say Infernal is not competitive or like any kind of significantly less competitive, at least, that would be worth mentioning. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. And what I meant by competitive was um, on on the stance that sometimes things that are more random are less competitive than things that are static and given. Um, they can mm -hmm. definitely be competitive because you're still running knights. You're still, you know, you still have a lot of cool stuff. Um, so they're definitely not bad or not competitive. So, uh, you know. Thank I you think for I think that. the the infernal is more likely to build around a gimmick. Um, mm -hmm. You're going to come up with this idea that you want to do something really specific with, and the infernal will let you like maximize that in many cases. Uh, whereas the iconoclast is much easier to be kind of like I don't know, all my knights are a little bit better in melee. So I need to, I need to take a look, but like for one of the reasons I went to a, uh, infernal at least for right now is. It gives you access to making a knight plus one advance and plus one charge. Mm -hmm. uh, can, and I can't remember if it's plus two to move as well. But Yeah, you can give them plus two to move. You with, have uh, so then you have a relic that makes that, them plus yeah. one advance, plus one charge. And you have a warlord trait that's plus one advance, plus one charge. So now you're plus three move and advance. Or not, not you're plus two move, plus three advance, plus three charge. Yeah, That's a gallant flying across the table in almost all of your games. Or you a, can actually get up to a potential 40-inch move. You can get 16-inch yeah. movement. Plus three to advance, plus three to charge, and you have full tilt that lets you charge after advancing. <laughs> With the it's a potential stuff, right? forty inch reach, like you can go from your back edge to your opponent's yeah. back edge. Yeah, it's then you have a strap to blow up on a four plus, by the way, and that's another way that just there's a lot of games where it's like that's GG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, uh, it, it definitely another one of those you know go big or go home type strategies. Um, mm -hmm. So let's talk about the free blade now. Uh, Oh. Reese, you you had a lot to talk about with the free blades, and I feel like you know them best better than than I do. Uh, I don't know about Sean and Jeff. Uh, so, do you want to tell everyone a little bit about, about how the free blade lists work? 
or how Freeblades work in your knights list, um, and yeah. maybe how you're going to run them. Yeah, do you, do you mind if I chime in on the Iconoclast and Oh, oh, I'm so topic? sorry. Yeah, go yeah. go ahead. Yeah, that first. Um, yeah, it's it's. I think that that right out the gates, people are going to gravitate towards Iconoclast because it's obviously so useful. Um, the ability to get plus one attack and then the plus one AP is really big too. On the charge mm-hmm. is like clearly good and the vowels are ridiculously good. As an example, um, I was playing Frankie in a practice game on Saturday. And my, my double battle cannon knight, which is, I think it's going to be really popular because of all the combos. We can talk about that later. But um, my double battle cannon knight, I was playing against Frankie's uh, Gene Sealer Colt, which is really nasty. He runs a ton of bikes. I took the relic that let me ignore penalties to hit. Because all the bikes oh, yeah. are minus one to hit. I killed almost all the bikes with just that one knight. Oh. And by turn four, I had 24 attacks in melee. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I would run in. I would blow them. I was blowing away the bikes. And I'd run into a unit and Chun-Li, you know, kick a fury, kill a whole unit. <laughs> we stopped counting at a certain point because it was like, if I charged you, you just picked up the unit. Yeah. And that's a, that's a shooty knight. Right? And that's, I think, where Iconoclast yeah. is going to shine. But Inferno has, in my opinion, the opportunity for the most powerful melee option. Um, and they make a really, really good hybrid option. And a lot of Chaos Knights want to take a gun and a melee weapon. <clears throat> and Infernal, if you take like a Gatling Cannon and a Fist or a Battle Cannon and a Fist or Reaper, whichever you prefer, no matter what you do, uh, on the table, you just roll. You don't even pick. Like, every option is good. You take uh, Demonic uh, Vigor, and no matter what you get, it's awesome. If you get plus two inches movement, rad. If you get plus one weapon skill, awesome. If you get plus one ballistic skill, great. So I think the Infernal uh, House is really strong, but I think the vast majority of people are going to uh, gravitate towards Iconoclast because it appears to be uh, easier to manage. But if you build a knight for Infernal, it's going to be crazy, especially... Everything hinges on you getting into melee and using that um, regenerate wound strat because it, do, it like you were saying it sounds random like it's on a four up but when you're killing twenty models you're almost guaranteed to get all six wounds back and that that's something you're going to be doing on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah, that's yep. that's fair. And um, you also forgot they can get they can go up to T nine yep. as well. And yeah, it's like T9 all of great. those are good. So it's like uh-huh. oh my one gun goes up plus one strength plus one damage. Your Gatling cannon's now strength seven three damage. That's crazy. Now you're wounding yeah. vehicles on a four. You're you're murdering stuff. And it's like, oh, I'm moving potentially 16 inches a turn. You just walk up the table blasting people and then charging on turn two or three, regenerating all the wounds that you lost. It's cra- It's super strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, so let's go ahead and move on to uh, the free blades. I think there's a Dread lot here. Really. Free Blades? You me. stupid Do you son run of a podcast or what? Oh my god. <laughs> Goddamn chaos players. Ugh. <laughs> Dread Blades, excuse me. Thank you. I think someone just drove off the freeway. <laughs> you you definitely killed someone with this podcast. Made in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> New York City. <laughs> Anyways, um, so uh, dreadblades. Uh, so the dreadblades are, are are great. Um, as as recent, I found out uh, there's really only and Jeff. Um, there's only really one negative to bringing a dreadblade, and that's the you can't take the infernal household or the iconoclast hold relic. So you can't take a free a dreadblade with a four up invuln against ranged weapons. 
Um, but you, they are the only way you can get a five up invuln in melee, uh, which is which is maybe the better option the way these knights are because they're De- more close combat. But, but go ahead. Dep- depends on what you want. Again, like that's true. It's the, both the four up invuln and in, in shooting and five up in melee have a lot of uses, but it depends a lot on what you're expecting to face. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Reese, how, how did you make your uh, El Mastodonte the Dreadblade uh, every game, or did you? Is that a more recent thing? Uh, first of all, thank you for referring him to by his proper name, which mm-hmm. is Denata. El Mastodonte, which is not even the correct way to say it in Spanish, but that makes it better. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, yeah, he. In my opinion, it'll be a rare day when you don't run your knight as a Dreadblade because there's not really a downside to it, in my opinion. There's a couple of relics that you may want to hold out for, but I don't think they're necessary. Um, and the, the few that we had talked about was like the four up invul save and shooting. And um, the other one that lets you act as if you're Hawk Shroud, you, you double your wounds for the damage table. Mm-hmm. The thing is, though, like, I don't think Knight Tyrants are going to be very popular. And maybe I'm wrong in that, but I, I don't think so. And so really, if you need to rotate ion shields for one CP, it's really not that big of a deal. Um and the Dreadblades, it's just like, it's almost all benefit because the thing that it's different than a free blade because you get it and all the other buffs too. Like you're not, it's not one or the yeah. other. And it's, yeah. Go, go ahead, yeah. Sean. Uh, I was just going to say, it's, you know, with the, the Infernal, the Chaos Knights, you don't have as many house options. You only have the two. There are no not... house options. Well, that I mean, I'm I'm counting Infernal and Iconolast as the houses quote. Fair enough. Um, yeah. you know, those are your two sub faction picks, but you're not giving those up when you get the thing, as as Reese mentioned. So, like, you're not getting as many options for your benefits, but you're getting more total benefits. Yeah, it's almost all upside. And if you choose your your damnations correctly, like for for example, my double my double battle can shooty knight, I usually take um, warp fugue and volatile reactor. Uh, Forsaken's kind of an obvious one, but uh, if you're if you're playing iconoclasts, it's a pretty big risk because it can turn off your vows, which is a big deal. And it's the two like uh, warp fugue. It's like you fight last in melee. It's like who cares. Mm-hmm. Even a melee knight doesn't necessarily care because if you're charging into things that aren't really a threat and then it, you have your damnation trigger, like, what do you care? Um, yeah. And the other one is on a turn where you took damage on a four or a phase on a four up, you take another wound. And again, it's like for a, a, a iconoclast shooting knight, like you don't care on an infernal knight that's taking damage left and right and doing damage to himself. Maybe not. Um, but if you pick the right damnations, it's no big deal. And the 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 packs, the upsides are so strong. Um, rerolling all hits against characters in Titanic is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the one that I t- take almost every time is a uh, demonic vigor, because no matter what you roll, it's good. Um, yeah. The bonus the, to move weapon skill or ballistic skill. It's super good, even because a lot of people yeah. might look at it and go, oh. You have a 50 chance, 50, 50 chance of getting plus two inch movement. My shooting knight doesn't care. And I'm like, it does. Cause as you start to yeah. degrade knights slow, go really slow. They go down to four inches at their lowest tier. Yeah. And the plus two inches is a big deal. Um, and the plus and, one weapon also, skill. Oh yeah. I was no, just saying happens. the plus one weapon skill. I got it on the game. I was just talking about where my, my, my shooting uh-huh. knight was going into combat with 24 kick attacks hitting on twos. It's ludicrous yeah. that are AP three. That's better than an Imperial Gallant. And that's yep. a shooty knight. 
Yep. Yeah, that's always remember that knights are not just a shooting or just a melee unit. They're both. Yeah, yeah. And w- one thing um, that I'll never forget is Brandon Grant, when I was playing his list with the Castellan and a billion guard, I had my Castellan all the way in the back. And he looked at me and he said, Pablo, you can't kill me at all. And I said, well, why not, Brandon? He's like, well, your Castellan's operating at half efficiency. Uh, if you put it 0.47 inches up this way, you'll be able to attack in close combat and in in shooting and double your knight's damage output. Yeah. And uh, the point the point of that uh, is also Brandon Grant's a robot, but um more importantly, uh if you're with your shooting knights, you always want to be stomping or you always want to keep them mobile and moving um just because they can go into combat and do things. Obviously, you don't want to charge them into like Magnus and Mortarian and like Gallants and stuff. Uh but you know, they can beat up on a lot of things uh just by being T8 12 attacks. So yeah, it's it's you, a lot of people do that. They hang back with their knight, and that's why demonic vigor is so good. Because like if you did take a knight tyrant or the castellan version, if you take demonic vigor, it speeds them up. If you get plus one weapon skill, now you're hitting on threes instead of fours. And then obviously, if you get the plus one ballista skill, it's clearly amazing. Mm-hmm. But there's mm-hmm. no downside. It makes your knight <laughs> so much better in every yeah. category. And and. I think more than the Freeblade table, the Dreadblade benefit table has what I feel are a lot of like, oh, this is good for every knight. Because like reducing AP1 to AP0 is huge. Uh, it, the Heroic Intervention, we just did an episode on that on In the Finest Hour. Heroic Intervention with six inches is fantastic. Yep. Um, the, the bonus to random characteristics is great. Like... There's not a lot on there that you wouldn't be happy rolling most times. Yeah, and and I think I think I agree I agree with you in that the packs in the Dreadblade list have better more better options. Yeah. Um, the Freeblade really has like two good options, and the rest are kind of meh. Um, mm-hmm. Well, even the even the meh ones are still good, and I'll give you an example. Right, like I run right now. I'm running Questorus uh, uh, Knight. And two war dogs, and uh, what we should talk about that because the oh, yeah. war dog is really, really good with Oof. with um, with uh, dreadblade and some of the other benefits that you get. Yeah, uh, especially the melee version is very strong for them. Um, the uh, armor war dog, uh, war, war glaive, the war uh, glaive yeah. version. Yeah. Um, Oh my gosh, I totally lost my train of thought. I'm sorry, somebody called me and it derailed me. What was I saying? Uh, you're the talking about the. And also that uh, they're especially good with the Pacts. Right. So the, I, I, I kind of derailed myself, but I'll talk about the War Dog since it's on my mind. Um, the melee War Dog with uh, like Iconoclast getting plus one attack. So you mm-hmm. go into melee, you get five uh, big hits or you get 10 AP three hits. And if you take Demonic Vigor, they're all, again, they're all good. If you get plus two inch movements, you're moving 16 inches. Um, if you get the we- the weapon skill, clearly it's very powerful, and the, the ballistic skill is great too to make your multiple weapons very accurate. Um, and I actually have found that the um, infernal is really good for the the uh, double auto cannon version because if you get if you just roll on the t- table and you go to T8, that's amazing. If you get increased speed, it's not amazing, but it's still good. But the plus one strength and damage when you go up to strength eight, damage four. On those auto cannons <laughs> is ludicrous. It's and so strong. Correct me if I'm wrong. My understanding of the table is if the, you roll the choose one weapon, get a bonus to its profile. 
even if you're armed with two of the same weapon, it will only affect one of them? It's just correct? one of the guns, but it's still yeah. really, it's, a really strong Oh, yeah. D- damage four is insane. If anyone's yeah. ever had to face a predator with kill shot, they'll know. Um, but it is not affecting both of your guns just because they're the same name. It's still right. only one of your two guns. Yeah. And I, I'm sorry, I remember my original point. Um, even the Even the bad packs, like the quote-unquote like, packs that don't seem really good, like there's a couple of throwaway ones where it's plus one leadership and a free command point. So it's if you oh, designated yeah. your knight as a dreadblade and you look at your opponent, you don't see anything that really jumps out at you. You're like, all right, well I'll take plus one leadership to reduce the odds of me getting a damnation, and I'll take my free CP. Why not? You know, mm-hmm. it, well, it's not really a downside. Knight and knights are often kind of starved for CP. So like, if you took like one big and two small knights, you're probably getting two bonus CP out of that. Exactly. You're just like rolling yeah. on the table for everything, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's no, that's cool. Like, I'm okay with a couple more CP. That means that I get to, you know, regain six wounds once more during the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> All right. Um, so uh, let's go ahead and uh, talk about um, some things that that we're excited to see, or maybe something out of this codex that uh, you think is going to impact the meta. Um, we'll just start with Jeff. Jeff hasn't talked in a while. Uh, just how it'll impact the meta, and we're excited for it. Uh, yeah, well, th- those are two separate questions. Uh, what do you think in this codex? Uh, what do you think people will use often? Um, and what do you think people should keep their eye on in terms of meta impact? Well, it's been interesting. I've heard a lot of comments from people worried that there'll just be that many more knights kind of flooding the scene. And Which it will. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. um, had they just done a silly like upgrade sprue, or the kit would just be like pretty pathetically just imperial with like some more spikes then I don't think that flood would happen. But because the kid is just so damn cool and it's a completely new knight and there is some power and synergy there and it's a well-rounded codex that has its typical chaos-y, like, good at some things, not as good at others, but that's just the up and downs of chaos. And that's fun. You're going to see a lot of them. Um, I see a lot of people... Like, the the fun thing, I think, is... And it's getting a little outside the codex itself, but it's the combos, right? Like, you're not just talking about I mean, can you see four or five Chaos Knights? Sure, but I don't think that's the real strength there. I think it's like what Reese was talking about, like two War Dogs and a Knight, or three Knights. Probably not as many Tyrants, because it just seems to be pretty strictly worse than the Imperial version, which is not um, super exciting. and going to get people to be like, well, I'm going to go grab a couple of Tyrants, you know? And the kit is also not so exceedingly cool for that. Um, but I think you're going to see a lot of stuff like Plague Bears backed by two or three knights. Where people yeah. are just going to be like, good luck. I mean, what do you shoot at turn one? you got three knights that are potentially ridiculously hard to kill. And maybe even, like, you do some damage to it, but they just go regenerate it or ignore it with a relic and stuff like that. So it doesn't matter. Or you're shooting into minus one to hit Plague Bears that also regenerate and don't care. And that's just <laughs> going to be a very, very tough list. So I think that kind of backbone is going to be the meta-dictating stuff you're going to see. You're going to have to go to a tournament and be like, I need to kill knights. Like it, Right now, you, you probably still have to say that, but now it's like doubly true. And then you need mm-hmm. an answer for Plague Bears, because they're going to only get more popular. Well, you know what's funny, yeah. Jeff, is that uh, Chaos Knights, I think, are going to be a very strong answer to Plague Bears, because one of the yeah. best relics in the game is that a knight can take a relic that lets it ignore to hit modifiers positive and negative. Who cares about the positive, because there aren't any for knights, really? But <laughs> yeah. Or you turn off invuls. When you have a shooty knight that is, uh, it's going to help to counter like Eldar Flyers and all this other stuff too. 
is like especially a double Gatling cannon uh, shooting oh, night will yeah. blow a, a plague bearer screen away. Yeah, like yeah. it'll just wreck them. Uh, and the double battle cannon night is really really good for killing uh, Eldar flyers, uh, right. especially when you're like, yo, I'm minus three to hit. You're like, I don't care, bop bop. Yeah, um, especially mm-hmm. Crimson Hunter Ezarks, which are characters, which you can reroll all misses. They're and the vow characters. of the the not vow characters, of yeah. Yeah. Uh, Crimson Hunter Ezark is not a character. No, nope. no. Oh, okay. Well, par- pardon yeah. me, uh, misspoke. <laughs> they should. But be. Um, vow I mean, of the beast. They shouldn't. <laughs> vow of the beast slayer lets you um, reroll ones yeah. to wound against things with eight or more wounds. So your battle cannon is like hyper efficient. So yeah, um, it, it's going to counter the negative to hit meta to a degree. I think. It, it, yeah, which is good for the game. The poor it definitely flyers. tones it down a fair amount. Yeah, it'll be a funny. Um, like predatory fish eating predatory fish, like those two matchups look like, well, this will be weird. Because also, mm-hmm. yeah, ignoring the modifiers shooting plague bears is cool, but if you have three other knights across the table at you, do you shoot the plague bears? You know, maybe eventually. Right. Um, but I'm actually really excited as well because, and I know this is like, this is my new Tanglefoot grenade, I guess, but the contorted epitome paired with these knights is absolutely bonkers. Yeah. Like, you can. Potentially, in a full Slanesh attachment with her Warlord trait, she can move 15 inches plus D6 and then still charge. And that hauls butt, so in a short table or just a bad deployment or something like that, cool. Your knight can go across the table like Reese talked about earlier. If they do screen you, you can obliterate one of the screens, pile into the other one, and then hold them in combat, and then obliterate them on your opponent's turn. And now you have a knight despoiler or rampager that's right in front of their face. And that that is just there's just a lot of like there's eighty five percent of tournament lists that just can't deal with that. They're like, well, that's an untouched melee knight that's now making a charge into the media of my army, like in the middle of my my stuff, I'm dead. Yeah. There's there's definitely a lot of good things in chaos that have synergy with knights. Uh <clears throat> yeah, I'm interested to see what the uh but the Chaos Knight version of the three knights plus loyal 32 plus goods thing from this other codex stuff that a lot of Imperium players are running, right? So you've got like Ben Cromwell, oh. Jr. Flay, um, and then I mean, triple Crusader, Crash Crusader lists. Good, Sean? We basically already kind of spoiled that one. Uh, you get three of the, the double gun knights and then a bunch of plague bearers. Uh, there you, you go. You fit almost 60 plague bearers Contort- in front Contort- of those Epitome. guys. Some demon princes sounds like a well, good list. If you're uh, no, you know it's three three knights, fifty plague bearers, and two characters is basically your limit. Yeah, um, Sophie Bio Piper and Poxbringer are one thirty as a duo. Yeah, and then pretty big Proxbringer units don't have to run you that much either because they're just seven points a guy. So you're talking about like a four or five hundred point detachment, and then the three shooting knights come out really expensive, but they're sub five hundred, so you can do three double Gatling if you wanted with a bunch of plague bearers and two characters. Yep. Yeah. You you or you could maybe cut one down to like a rampager and go. There's there's not a, a rampager, and that's why I want to I want to hear Reese's defense on that. Ooh. Oh. Okay. I think you don't take rampager ever. Ooh. Interesting. Why do you think you don't take a rampager? Because you just get on a six. One extra attack if you use the gauntlet or the sword, and nine times out of ten, but also with its abilities or relics that it can take. When do you need that one extra gauntlet smash or sword? What are you What are you fighting? Um, yeah, I think you make a good point. Um, it's going to depend on what your local meta is. Um, like on a night on night fight, it's it's good, but then do you need it? Because a lot of times you're going to kill them in one shot anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that that is a really good point. Um. 
it is interesting, right? Like it's 15 points more than the other version, which is almost as good. Um, I wish it had maybe a little something else to, to, to justify it, but if you really want something that's going to just absolutely destroy anything, any big thing in melee, well, there you go. But, um, yeah, but, it is. But only maybe. That's the part that's hard for me. It's only on a six, <laughs> and it has, let's say, five or six attacks, right? It's going to have five base, but Iconoclastic gets a six. There's ways to get six or seven attacks. So, yeah, you can have that god roll where obviously you roll three sixes, and you're like, Jesus, dude, look at your knight go. And it's <laughs> dead. You know, like nine swings with the, the fist will kill anything in the game. But Especially with the corn relic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's that, but that the corn relic is what, to me, makes the rampage of null and void. Cause, like, yeah. That's a good point. I, I can already make it re-roll, so it's hitting on twos if it's a despoiler uh, with, with melee weapons. And then to wound, I'm wounding on twos in most cases uh, if I use the fist. And you can make that re-roll as well. So what doesn't it kill? And then you turn off its invul and you're like, this is all straight six damage. wounding on Hitting on twos, wounding on twos, six attacks, probably seven if it's Iconoclast. And the crazy thing is with the Relic Fist, which is the better melee weapon in my opinion without really any question... The relic fish, you get a bonus attack every t- a bonus attack and strength every time you kill. I think it's a, a character. character. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is like ludicrous. <laughs> you get you can get up to so many attacks that it becomes comical. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, I don't. I don't know if I don't know if the rampager is as bad as you're saying it is, Jeff. Um, I, why, I definitely. Why do you think I'm saying it's bad? I didn't say that. Oh well. It's, that, it, I, I think said it's, it's just not a matter as of... good as the despoiler for its points. It it's can be better, choice. but it's it's yeah. okay. nullified by the abilities that the despoiler can take. You're, yeah, okay. you're paying 15 points and not really gaining anything, which is not to say it's bad. It's just like it, there's no particular reason to go for it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think of is is the it still operates pretty efficiently at a low at a low um, tier, lower tier, because you're hitting on twos instead of threes. No, so they both they kind both of hit hits on twos as well. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, the, you really? Have, the no, only you have... difference is the exploding sixes with your fist, the, with your fist or reaper. So the yeah, spoiler only hits on threes in melee. No, normally. Yeah, with stuff with stuff that you take, it'll hit on twos. Well, but, you no, Pablo. Let let me speak here. Sure. <laughs> you have two different ways to build a gallant in chaos. One of them gets bonus attacks on sixes, the other does not. The bonus attacks on sixes count, cost you 15 points, they are otherwise identical. They both hit on twos, they both have five attacks, they're both carrying a chainsword and a gauntlet. Oh, okay, so the knight to spoiler, you can give him two melee weapons and he goes plus two. Yeah, yep. okay. just like the and old Renegade Knight. See, I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking my old Imperium ways... I apologize. I'm not used yeah. to this it's magical knight that can just be whatever you want it, it to be. Always. It is weird that they have, like, the very specific melee knight, just like the gallant, and then they also have the build-your-own knight that can also be a gallant if you decide to make it. Oh, well then, no. You always take the despoiler over the ramp. My apologies. Yeah, the, the only thing <laughs> the rampager gets there. is the exploding sixes to hit, which, like we said, it's not always applicable when it is. It's cool, but... It's, I don't know, yeah. it's, it's going to be like a taste thing. If it like, was for the stomps as well, that would be... That'd be broke. Oh, yeah. Probably too <laughs> powerful, but it would be also amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Alright, so uh, is there anything else you guys want to add on to the Chaos Knights Codex? Um, 
I just wanted to to throw in one little thing. Like sure. a couple couple of you guys have said, like you know, the tyrant is probably not going to be seen. You're not necessarily wrong there, especially with the price bump on the the Castellan variant, um, and lacking some of the stuff that the Imperials have, especially House Raven. Um, there's definitely some strikes against it, but I don't necessarily think we should be throwing it out quite yet because chaos has access to a couple tools that are actually super important uh amongst them being death hex death hex really changes the math on how valuable a castellan is because when your opponent just gets no save at all against any of your guns then suddenly the castellan is just killing two units a turn uh you know guaranteed basically so i think there's it's worth experimenting with that a little bit and and seeing whether it can work out uh and like reese mentioned earlier if you go dreadblade on your your castellan equivalent and you just kind of like roll up plus one ballistic skill because you get lucky and yeah. get the, you know three followed by a six then it's like oh oh i hit on twos cool I'm just gonna wreck everything. Yeah. You go god mode at that point. With the Valiant too, it's like if they because they don't have any option for like the Relic Flamer, which is really the only way you see it played with Imperial. It's just it's kind of and, it's kind of a bummer, but yeah, you don't have the Overwatch and heroic intervene for your buddies or any of that stuff either. Yeah, uh, I think so... you make a good point though, Sean. Is that we're looking at it through the lens of comparing it to Imperial, but I think you need to look at it as its own beast. Yeah, like, yeah also they because very differently. Yeah. Well, and also because Chaos has different options available to them elsewhere, like Chaos typically lacks for long-range high AP shooting. That's actually a, a very severe problem in their super faction. Um, so adding in a, a powerful long-range shooting option can open up some stuff that Chaos just didn't have the possibility to do before. Um, is it going to see tournament play? I don't know, but I think people are going to experiment with it and see whether it's worthwhile. That's a good point. Yeah, and and so going moving on to kind of like the how these how these compare. Um I think that they're both really good and I think that you're going to see different lists prop up for those. You're just going to have the triple knight list and then is it chaos or imperium and then you kind of have to go from there from there. Um I I yeah. do like I do think the imperium knights are have much better shooting just because of the relics that they have access to. Um, which isn't to say that the Chaos Knights are bad at shooting. Uh, it's just, you know, the, the Imperial Knights have access to the Relic Gatling Cannon, which is amazing. Uh, they can't double up on those, so you'll yeah. pretty much always see the Crusader, which is, I think, more expensive than a double Battle Cannon uh, Chaos Knight. I'm not sure. Well, the double Battle Cannon Chaos Knight went down 20 points, and the double Avenger went up 20 points. So, so how, many the... points is the, how many points is El Mastodonte? I can't remember off the top of my head, but the the rapid fire battle cannons are ninety two with the gun. Yeah, a crusader with it's... a thermal cannon is is like, let me see, it's seventy six points with a thermal cannon. So it's what is that? Ten, sixteen. It's sixteen points cheaper. It's not considerable. Yeah. Actually, no, it's not true. It's only Gatling six. It's only as... six points cheaper for a crusader with a battle cannon um, or a Gatling cannon, a thermal cannon. So they're essentially the so same they're cost. comparable. So they're yeah. all comparable. Double Gatling, double Flamer with Stuppers, 485 is what I have it as. Oh, so that's the exact same cost as a Crusader. I think Crusader's yeah. 482. Um, yeah, it's, it's but yeah, they're, very they're, close. They're in the same price. So so with that with that knowledge, um, I still think the Imperial Knights shoot a little better uh, mm. because of the relics they get access to. 
Uh, obviously, Chaos Knights don't shoot poorly. It's not what I'm saying. Well, um, I, I would actually say it's not that Imperial Knights shoot better. They do have a couple of better guns. Uh, I would say their advantage is actually much more in the realm of survivability. Uh, Chaos Knights do not have the go-to-top-tier stratagem. That's huge. That's true. Um, but they do have some other tricks. I would say Chaos actually hits harder in the general sense. Yeah, especially um, in melee. It's not even... Yeah, especially well, in, in melee, melee, but... In melee, absolutely. Sure, but even in shooting... They have some sweet shooting. To, a knight yeah. ignoring... Yeah. Ignore penalties. Modifiers is, is ridiculous. Yeah. So, it's and huge. also... Like, the double Gatling Knight is so much better than Gatling Battle Cannon, it's not even funny. Um, these just, it's it's really, really good, especially if you're able to pump one of those guns up to strength 7 AP th damage 3. Um, yeah. yeah, that I die agree. outshoots basically any Imperial Knights for his points. Wounding an Eldar Flyer on threes, yep. yeah. and it's yeah. ignoring yeah. his so penalties. But the Imperial Knights have way more survivability. They get a warlord trait, not a uh, faction lock relic for the four up invuln. They have go to top tier. They have two up armor a, save. Two up armor save. Yeah. Save against mortal wounds. All yeah, of they, these other shenanigans. Yeah, so, the the lack of the two up armor save is a big deal. But yeah. one of the um, one of the dreadblade packs is ignore AP one, which yeah. is pretty underrated because uh, a lot of the most common AP is zero and negative one. Yep. If you get your knight in cover, which is a lot easier to do with the war dogs, ignoring AP one becomes really, really strong because you you effectively have a two up save in cover versus a lot of weapons, especially like the kill shot um, uh, no, predators, predators, which are yeah. all AP one. All of a sudden, now you don't even care about those. Yep. So it's it's better than it would appear to be. Yeah, yeah. And, and so the knight codex does have access to they have access to ignore modifiers. With the House Morton strat, which is a stratagem and not a relic, so you could argue that it's that it's worse because it's a stratagem, mm -hmm. and it does also have access to the AP one, but or they ignore AP one, but that's, that's on a warlord, a warlord trait, trait yeah. on a, a obscure house that not a lot of people take. Uh, um, Raven, um, is it on Raven? I think it was it's on Raven. Tyrannus. Oh well, it's then, Raven. Never mind. Speaking of House yeah, Raven, an obscure uh, house. You know, <laughs> what, what is this house? Ra Ravon? It, what is yeah, this? it's 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 actually pronounced Ravon. Uh, <laughs> I see. Um, uh, speaking of House Raven, though, uh, Imperial Knights do still get access to the House Raven strat, uh, and they also get access to the House Crass relic. Um, so my yeah. point I'm trying to make is is that the Imperial Knights you need to do, go jump through a lot more hoops that the Chaos Knights just get automatically. For being one of two houses, they don't have to be a house and quest or imperialis, right? So if that makes sense, because you can't mix uh, households in the imperial knight uh, codex. I hear you, Pablo, but here's where the codexes flop. Uh -oh. You got a princeps, right? Never fucking seen a piece of shit model. Now let me tell you about the desecrator with the relic, the diamos, right? So we're talking about a three shot, strength sixteen, minus four d six damage. You're going to hit with two, wound with one, and do two damage with that son of a bitch. And I'm telling you what, mm -hmm. that two damage, way better than the princeps. It doesn't exist. Nope. Checkmate, Pablo. End the yep. podcast. Close it out right oh now. Oh my gosh. And and as Jeff points out, that two damage will kill a knight, because that knight will be at two HP. It is at two HP, yep. Exactly. Because yeah. <laughs> everything else on wow. the list is better two, than that, too. So. Touche. Touche. All right. Uh, so, also, so... I believe she's a queen, not a princess. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so, but does uh, it have the exploding character that gets out of the night if it doesn't blow up? <laughs> I do want to see someone do that, Sir Hector. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm sure. I'm sure someone somewhere in an APOC battle is like Sir Hector held off my friend's warlord titan and won me the game. <laughs> that is Sir true. Hector. You know that's what happened. He's oh, just yeah. got his fucking Archaeotech pistol. He just like <laughs> zorked his enemy knights. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I All love right, that dude. He should get out and have another twenty-four wounds. Like he's just as tough. As <laughs> Good luck, piece of shit. He's he's only T three five up, but he does have twenty-four wounds. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> so you know, you know what I think the real strength of the Chaos Knight is, and and having played quite a few reps, it's their flexibility because so much, yeah. so much of it, you decide at the table after seeing what your opponent is bringing. Absolutely. That, in my opinion, is, is the real strength and. I'm I'm curious to see where the meta goes because I'm sure we're going to see a ton of double Gatling cannon knights. So largely because mm-hmm. a lot of people have them, but I, I have an, uh, a feeling that the the best. I don't want to say the best. I have a feeling that the, the extremely strong version of it is going to be melee uh, shooty because so many of their abilities uh, give them a benefit for for melee, and because knights are so popular because there's things like G-Man running around all this all this other stuff, having access to like an almost guaranteed kill anything in combat uh, melee option on a knight is going to be huge for board control, um, um, just for countering anything that you find, uh, especially when you consider one of the Dreadblade packs is a six-inch heroic intervention. You know, <laughs> So yeah. you can park that knight in the middle of the table and be like, get some. Like, no <laughs> one's going to be able to come anywhere near me. Now, now remember, remember everyone, uh, the Knight Desecrator kit that GW sells only comes with one Gatling cannon and two chainswords. Mm-hmm. So not uh, even a Gatling cannon, by the way. Oh, does it not come with a Gatling cannon? No, this will be like the time you talked about that term and having magic boxes on only three tables. But yeah, uh, it comes with the laser destructor. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a solid uh, weapon. Is it so, solid, Reese? So hey, you did you talk about the relic version? Two, two I did. It, did. it, it does two damage, did. remember? <laughs> Let me sell you on the laser destructor, guys. So it's D3 shots. Now, a lot of you are thinking that's only one or two shots, but also think about it being three shots. Strength 14, minus four, D6 damage. Now, when you roll those three sixes to wound, D3 mortals for each of those in addition to the damage. What? Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. like G. that's like Bobby G. Yes, you dude. Could, you could do 21 wounds tonight with that. That almost kills it. <laughs> yes. Wow! How do I get one of these? Uh, well, I hear you can order them. It from just so happens there's a ton in stock. Store. Yeah, you, you should yeah. not have a trouble, so, uh, tough time. So, with that. Uh, so remember, if you want to build your perfect knight, well, you got to mention the relic version because the relic version is actually a decent gun. It's still not. Yeah. You're still not going to see it. It's, but it's a flat three shots and strength sixteen. Strength sixteen. Yeah, the extra Jeff two strength it, just yeah. in case you need to weigh. But does yes, two damage. Like, it's just that d six damage is so funny. It really should be minimum three, like the like yeah. the yeah. identically named weapon on the Space Marine tank. <laughs> Shoots better. Just it's is it the same name power. too? Yeah, it it is the laser destroyer and heavy laser destroyer. Several Space thousand Marine years one. outside of the 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 light of the Emperor, they were like, you know what? I don't think it does that minimum damage. I'm, I'm pretty sure it just does. Oh, you, that'll learn you. Yeah, yeah. You know, but. But how else do those pesky chaos shine it in the lights of the Coast Guard on the Imperium planets? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Anyways. So if you want to buy your awesome double Gatling cannon knight, chaos knight, you're going to have to buy a bunch of kits from FrontlineGaming.org. Uh, 
Um, I think it's three boxes, one, one, two Imperium and one Chaos, for the, it's something like that. It's the internet will figure out the math, but the point is, is you're gonna have to buy a lot of Chaos kits to get that that Night Warden that you really, really want, or Night <laughs> Warden. I'm sorry, not Night Warden, a double Gatling Cannon Chaos Knight. Really don't, don't count out the double battle cannon. That's the one I've been playing with, and I, the spoiler. I really like it. The extra range, the, the extra strength. The spoiler. Thank you. And uh, also, the it's it's significantly cheaper than the double Gatling cannon, rather than being more expensive, which it used to be. Yeah. Um, so that actually works in its favor. It also is now. better for your sportsmanship score, because all of your mm. opponents will be way more <laughs> thankful that you have double battle cannons than double Gatling. Oh, <laughs> hey, the, the Melta cannon tech. also got way cheaper, too. <laughs> You Flat two damage versus D three and random two D six number of shots. Oh baby, yep. <laughs> here well, we go. Just hey, choose not to roll low. You laugh, but I have played it many, many reps, and he is a beast. Many, yeah. many reps. Jeff is like two. Okay, so, so. <laughs> uh, it's two more than you losers. That's no. <laughs> <laughs> true. Fair. It's actually right. probably the only two games of double battle cannon knights ever been played. Actually. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. <laughs> Can you take double laser destruct? No, because it's only on the. No, yeah, that would be. Oh forging. god, that's that's, the, that's it. You solved the riddle. That's the hardest fair, uh, narrative to forge you've ever seen. Like, <laughs> now listen, this could be two shots, but it could also be six. So you better hold on to your seat. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You just you yeah. solved it. You did it. But apparently you can't oh. do it, so I'm sorry, guys. That's actually... Oh. <laughs> so... Just go ahead and put it on your army list, and if anyone calls you out on it, then just give them a real hard stare. Yeah, just be like, come on, look what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. It could be uh, two Avenger cannons, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, so let's go ahead and talk about these uh, these night lists that, that we see currently, and... um. How- you know, kind of speculation on what we're going to see for the Chaos Nightlist side. Uh, and the reason why I wanted to talk about these lists uh, is because Nightlists are already very common. Uh, and judging by the FLG sales on night, uh, the night kits, uh, I think they're going to be even more common, wow. with the, especially with the Chaos Knight side. So uh, the reason why we're talking about it is simply because Knights are one of the uh, gatekeepers, or at least bad Knight players are one of the big gatekeepers wow. For Chaos Knight, it's true. You guys know it. You, you know who you are, guys. There's like a billion of you. Some of you are just bad. It's just the way the world works. Ugh. But, but, it's okay because you have a list that'll beat up on poor little Timmy with his hundred witches that can't do anything to you, and and you'll feel good. I don't about know, yourself. man. I got Tim. Don't count Timmy out. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, what a gatekeeper army is is simply a a, li- a 40k competitor competitive list that perennially goes X and one at tournaments uh, and kind of is always the bridesmaid but never the bride. Uh, you know them best as Tau, although Tau are doing a lot better yeah. now. You keep naming uh, all these lists that are winning major tournaments as gatekeepers. So, so ca- chaos, chaos knights. So I did say bad player, bad bad knight players. Are we'll cover this on Forty K Center. Later. I I hate to tell you this, but bad players don't win tournaments no matter what list they bring. That's that is a sick burn. Kind of, uh, kind of true. I don't know. I've seen some bad players pilot some pretty. And good Inari lists to a five and one performance. So um, is a five and one winning a tournament? No, it's not. Oh, that's, that's funny. Anything. I thought I said something about winning a tournament. That's, that's that's what I said. That they're not winning tournaments, but they're going exit. This one. is the mental Karate Kid movie right now that's happening. I'm watching <laughs> high kicks blocking each other. It's amazing. 
Uh-huh. All right. Uh-huh. Anyways, the point is is that these lists are not winning tournaments uh, because they can't quite beat the best lists, uh, but they are common and they're a list that you need to watch out for and that you do need to beat to win tournaments. So you will have to go through a night list most likely at a tournament. I think the explanation for what a gatekeeper list took longer than most tournaments do too, so it's going to be kind of make sure and rewind on that in the mm. YouTube video. Not, not in Europe. No. <laughs> no. That, uh, that's a quick skirmish in Europe. <laughs> yeah. That's not even turn one. <laughs> that's deployment, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so, um, what? first off, what makes knights, knight lists so good? Right? So, you have three tough knights that you have to deal with. They're T8, 24 wounds. Uh, they usually have a variety of buffs that you give them defensively and offensively. So, you, most knight lists should have, the, should have the ability to reach out and kill the things that kill your knights. Uh, and also give one or multiple knights defensive buffs. So, you have these three tough uh, units that can basically do anything you need them to do except go in ITC official magic boxes. They can't do that. <laughs> so, uh, you yeah. also on top... Oh, go ahead, Sean. Did you want to add anything to that? Oh, I just, finish your thought there. I was oh, going to like, add on a little bit more to that, but yeah. And, and then on top of that, uh, what you see, at least in the Imperium sides, and what you will start seeing in the Chaos sides when we talked about the Plague Bears, uh, they take the best detachments... Uh, minimum efficient detachments that their respective super factions can allow uh, and kind of build a list around that, right? So if we go to Junior Flahey's list, uh, he's number 10 currently in the ITC. He's a really good knight player. Uh, he's got three knights, a knight valiant, a knight warden, and a knight gallant. And then he also has two Cadian Astro Militarum battalions uh, with double wyverns, a lot of mortars, and a lot of bodies. Uh, so he he kind of runs just efficient bodies. You have to chew through his bodies, and then you also have these three knights to deal with. And he's very very good. Uh, you can yeah. There's a bunch of different combinations you can do with that, but that's the gist of the three knight list. Yeah, and a big part of what makes the knights strong is that they just have super high numbers. Like no matter where you look on their stat line, their number is above average. Which especially for players who are just kind of like starting game out or just starting to get into tournaments, that can be difficult to deal with because the ways that you beat knights are not necessarily obvious at a first glance. Yeah. Uh, so Jeff, yeah, you're, you, I think, I think uh, you, have, you generally every time I see you play knights, you usually do really well. Wow. Uh, I've only seen you play as knights once, so against knights once. Yeah. But I'm sure you've played against more knight players than that. Probably. Uh, how do you go into uh, knight games playing knights with? Uh, let's just use your Magnus and Triple uh, Lord Discordant <laughs> list for now. Okay, let's take a deep breath. Playing. You said Magnus. It is our Lord uh, Saber Mortarian. Mortarian. Jesus Christ, here. Okay. Uh, he didn't come out of the the Nurgle Gardens to be called Magnus like that. I can't honestly believe that just happened but i'll let it slide um knights i don't know i think it's almost a bad example to use that list because the kill power in that list is so ridiculous each lord discordon can one shot a imperial knight and so what's a good example then well i think if you take like a pretty balanced imperium list of sorts or if you're like let's look at the meta list right now like if you're an orc player that's a great matchup for you, right? They're shooting into grots, they're chewing up boys, that kind of sucks. But if you're, I guess if your mech attack gun just never goes ham, then that can kind of suck. Um, and Ludas are a little bit swingy, but if you're getting two or three shots and putting more DAC on them, you're probably dropping or at least really hurting knights. And if your mech attack gun does get at least a strength eight or maybe nine, and you have the different warlord traits for like plus one to wound and rerolling and stuff like that, 
you're talking about really dead knights, and that is the, you know, 75% of whatever list you're facing is three knights or so. Sometimes more, sometimes a little bit less. Um, then Imperium stuff, it can be a little bit tougher because a lot of your assets is targetable and can die. So if you have, like, Repulsors or Devastator Squads or something like that, if you're doing that, uh, or if you're Death Watch, it's just a tougher matchup. So a lot of times the way to survive knights is just make sure you get your butt into cover and you're behind walls and stuff, get them moving, and then focus on knights. Um I think it's pretty generic Warhammer advice, but there's a lot of times where people are like, well, I'll put the last cannons into that one, and then this other one, I'll put all my heavy bolters into that. And then guess what? You did a little bit of damage to both, and they don't care, and then they kill four units, and all of a sudden your ability to drop a knight or two becomes almost impossible, right? So a lot of times focusing on a knight one at a time is good, and then kind of keying in on which knight that's got to be. So if it's a knight crusader sitting in the back, yeah, it's really scary and bad, Um but if it's a Night Warden that's going to fly across the table and hit your gun line, then you kind of have to focus on that. Unless you're like a Tau player, in which case you kind of want it to. Um, so there's just kind of different considerations that way. It's hard to answer carte blanche. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. An- another thing you want to look at is uh, what roles your your opponent's trying to do with your Knights. Um, what buffs they're giving them. So, if, for example, if a Knight has a 4-up in building against shooting, you know that your opponent isn't expecting to rotate on that Knight because they just want to leave that Knight in the back and have basically they're telegraphing to you that you don't they want you to shoot this knight because it already has a four pinball naturally um so you might want to focus on an easier to kill knight or uh if they have like a, a knight castellan or a big knight with that costs three cp to rotate you might want to look at that uh the point of this is you look at what buffs they have and you, your opponent can kind of telegraph what a knight's role is depending on the buffs they give it and there's cool debuffs yeah. to have in there as well so some ideas that are kind of classic mm-hmm. but maybe people didn't think of you put the Forbidden Gem on one of your demon characters that can take mm-hmm. it, uh, most of those knights are going to be characters. You can actually shut it down for an entire shooting phase, or if it charges into you, wait until it's in combat, then shut it down. And all of a sudden, it's not swinging, you're swinging at it. Um, other ways are like Imperial guys have access to minus to hit um, psychic powers and stuff like that. Any minus to hit to knights, I'm not going to tell you it's the most devastating thing in the world, but it really does tone down their damage output, uh, especially if you can do multiple... Or pair that with something that's minus one to hit. Like for Custodius players, they have a minus one to hit banner, right? So if you also have a psychic power to make a knight minus one on its shooting, now it's minus two. It's hitting on fives on all its guns. It's a lot less effective. Yeah. And, uh, well, this is kind of piling onto some stuff that's already been said, but uh, one of the best things you can bring against knights is bodies. Um, A knight list looking at 150 orcs like, he kind of just, like, shrugs his shoulders and says, well, I lose. I can't kill 150 orcs before the end of the game. Um, you've you've essentially won knight, the mission already. Yeah, uh, maybe. That's... Maybe. Um, a Chaos Knight has a better chance of doing it, but they still suffer from the same basic problem, which is that uh, they are going to have to put all their attacks into the boys, and they're going to kill a bunch of boys, and then one guy with a power claw is going to walk in and kill the knight. But there's also um, 100% a mech attack gun relic that's shooting at you. Yeah, the absolutely. Game. Um, so, you know, that's sort of step two is characters. Uh, there are a lot of really powerful, very deadly characters out there. Um, be they the war boss with a relic claw, the blood angel smash captain, the, the custodes, bloodthirster demon prince, the bloodthirster, yeah, the axe demon the prince. Axe demon prince. Yeah. You can do um, a smash prince kills a there's, knight in one round of combat. There's so many powerful characters that you can hide behind your bodies 
that the that you force the knight to engage your worthless units and then your powerful units kill their powerful units and that's a winning combination right there yeah um, you're you're just gonna you're gonna tear through them if you do that um uh, and sort of the flip side of that of the flip side of the bodies especially is knight lists will typically try and bring some kind of extra bodies uh you know they'll have their loyal 32 rusty 17 60 plague bearers whatever it will be but they're not going to have as many as a dedicated list will and they're not going to have the support to keep those guys running the way a dedicated list will uh you know reese's list has like 120 150 bodies in it and then it can buff them with stratagems and combine them together and all that uh, loyal 32 won't be able to do that it's going to have 60 bodies top um so you are going to not only be able to sort of match them body for body but also you are going to be able to consistently control objectives because knights aren't objective secured so even a single guardsman on that objective is going to take it away from the knight um and occupy space where they don't want you to be there's a good segue i'm sorry to interject but there is no no a, go ahead so the Chaos Knight Warlord traits are pretty mad. They're like oh yeah, middling to like bad. But one of them does make, give you obsec and you count as ten bodies. That's yes. surprisingly useful for so exactly good. the reason you just said. And and also because like you don't often think about it. It's like okay, ten bodies, yeah, because you're big and all of that. It's actually pretty hard to cram 10 bodies in next to an objective within three inches, especially if the knight is dancing all over your face while you do it. Um, that that warlord trait typically will mean that you control the objective with that knight, so it's actually quite valuable. Yeah, and they're really good at with that with that objective. They also heroically intervention do you? Mm-hmm. Maybe which six makes inches. It even harder. Yeah, yeah. yeah, maybe six inches. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, and and kind of falling onto that, like their lack of bodies can be a huge detriment against certain types of armies, like Gene Steeler Cult, where it's just like, oh, you have four knights, that's cool. Each of my squads of acolytes will kill a knight by itself. Um, yes, exactly. And if they they just don't have the screening to keep you from getting in and doing what you want to, then you get to play your game, and they don't stop you, and that means you win. Yeah. Uh, another cool thing um, to do against knights and things I hate when people do uh, is is when I'm playing my knights is mm-hmm. they're really terrain can really mess up knights oh, yeah. a lot like you know yeah. uh, you can put knight you can put you know things on top of like a the the tank Cladius is on top of buildings which Jeff does all the time yep uh, to stop you from getting charged which um, as we mentioned earlier can have or almost have their damage output because they're not stomping things. They're only shooting things. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of ways to use the terrain to your advantage to stop knights from doing being efficient, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, Ask and- me, Pablo, if they can be Tanglefoot. Ask me. Oh, my gosh. Mm. I hate hated that so much. <laughs> also, don't forget the stratagem that lets you swing into a building above the ground level. I- I've only used Devastating it reach a few around. times. <laughs> Devast- <laughs> I've only used it twice. Once it actually worked, mm-hmm. and that was against Sean, and we found out that you only have to measure to the building, so it will only end up being like a six-inch charge instead of a nine-inch charge. Yep. Uh, and then the second time, I, I hit a character and then rolled like four ones and just completely failed to kill him. And I was like, all <laughs> right. It is. It's really useful. Just you got to remember to use it. Yeah, and you also have to have the right weapons to use it because you can't do it with your feet. 
Which yeah. another which another reason why the the hybrid knight I think is very strong a very strong choice. Well, also, I was just talking to Junior about this the other day because we played his knight army versus my chaos with knight's army and it was a super fun game. Um, and he and I were discussing how valuable it is to have at least one or two knights in your you know repertoire that that have a, a melee option because it comes into play really frequently. Reese, that's all great, yeah, but yeah. what was the result? Um, we didn't keep score, but... Oh, my God. <laughs> we, we were just playing for fun. Well, you see, Jeff, Hector Rex showed up. Yes, his knight blew up and went in there and soloed Junior's No, we, at the end knowledge. of the game, he had a wyvern and one unit of guardsmen, and I had a war dog and two characters, and that's it. So we basically <laughs> tabled each other. It was either a tie or one of us won by, like, one or two points. But my, I only had one Questorus Chaos Knight. He had a ty- or a tyrant. Gosh, he had a, a Dominus and two Questorus. My knight killed two of his, my Chaos Knight, and wow. largely did it in uh, with a combination of the battle cannons and kicking, because those are all basically the same profile. So um, <laughs> it was really it was a super fun game. But all the vows and uh, like the extra attacks and all that really gave me the edge. Um, but in that matchup specifically, if I would have had the fist or something. I would have just walked through his knights. It wouldn't even been close. Yeah. All right. Um, so was there anything else you you would like to add to the overall discussion before we get to the final question and then Facebook group questions? The final question. No. no. Okay. So real quick prediction. Any, all three of you, if you could answer this, will a chaos list with three chaos knights win a major before Nova. I think so. A major? Um, wow. I think a GT. There's there's quite a few majors between now and Nova. It's, you know, two months away. A little under I, two months away. I, think I might GT take three nights realistic. to Slaughterfest. Are you going to bring three, three Chaos Knights to Slaughterfest? I might if I can get them done. Will, yeah. will Israel get them in time? He assures me that he will do them muy caliente y rapido. <laughs> <laughs> Said that Spanish well. for you. Yes. You, you're ready to join the Democratic primaries, it sounds like. Absolutely. <laughs> well played. Uh, are we counting two war dogs plus a big knight as three? That's, Fuck no. That's going to be the more common combo, in my opinion. Do you think so? Do, yeah. do you think? Because I'm, I'm imagining the, a world where they're just mirroring each other, uh, and you're just seeing three large chaos knights and three large imperial knights. I mean, the three the three big chaos knights is definitely good. Um, the two war dogs plus a big knight leaves more room, and I think the chaos war dog is pretty inarguably superior to the imperial one for a couple of different reasons. Oh yeah. Um, so I think it has more value, and you are more likely to see that set up. Also because uh, chaos has more other stuff they would kind of like to run alongside that because like they can run that plus the 60 Plague Bearers, plus the Thousand Suns Detachment. Um, and, and there's a lot of value to be had there. So you can kind of, like, almost do, like, Jim Vessel's list, but with a knight instead of that, like, goofy-ass Contemptor Dread in the background. And it turns out <laughs> wow, that's actually the shot's probably a fired. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> Jim. I don't love that Dreadnought. He's cool, but I'm not sure he's the best thing in the well, world. Well, it's a skew list, so... When I yeah. played against his list, that thing did... Like, I played against someone playing his list, not him, obviously... That thing was like did nothing. I was I was curious as to what the rationale is. It he has a reason behind it. He's talked about it a lot. It's come in and out of his list. I get it. I see why he's doing it. I just don't love it. For context, though, Reese has also asked, "What is the point of my entire list? The last two majors I've won, so I don't." 
<laughs> yeah, well, but take to be fair, what is the point of your list, Jeff? Uh, <laughs> and then, for to be clear, I, I did not say that. <laughs> it was sitting on your living room table, and you looked at it and said, "How do you kill stuff?" What? I think. <laughs> I would trust Jeff on this because he's the kind of guy who would write it in his notebook, in his journal, in, in red, on my heart. A thousand I wrote times. it on my heart. It he's is a very vindictive. Of, his book of grudges. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> fucking Constantine Valor. Twelve fifty three, July first. Reset. My list sucks. <laughs> Somewhere um, in here, there's a Drago Mortarian joke, and I'm not sure quite where it is, but. <laughs> so, um, uh, what yeah. do you what do you want to bring? Oh, good, Sean. No, I was gonna say I. I don't, there's so many good lists out there these days. It's really hard to say that knights are chaos knights are going to definitively win a major before Nova, before LVO. Oh yeah, for sure. Before Nova, maybe. Yeah, I, I think we're going to see. The reason why I said before Nova is because I think we're going to see a lot of chaos lists with with three chaos knights. Maybe not oh, yeah. three big chaos knights, but we're we're going to see a ton. There are already a lot of Renegade Knight conversions floating around the market, or Chaos Knight conversions floating around the market before this codex even came around. Right? There's always tons of them. I get them in all the time. Um, so they're around. Uh, you know, I think people are going to start brushing them off and seeing what works, and I think top players are going to bring them. They're for sure good. And, I mean, there's another fact to that, which is they're easy um, in the yes. sense of it's it's fewer models to move, it's fewer models to paint, it's fewer decisions to make, and that alone means that people will bring them whether they are good or not, and it turns out they're also good. Jeff, what do you think? What are the lists going to be? Uh, do you think that three Chaos Knights are going to win a major before Nova? I think it's tough. I think they have worse matchups than some of these things we're seeing pop up that are doing well. I think people mm-hmm. are really enamored with orcs doing well, which means more orcs. Tau is finally doing well. And those are two extremely hard matchups for any number of knights, Chaos or Imperial. So yeah. I think that is that is going to be where they get kind of stopped. I don't think it's impossible for knights to win either matchup by any means. Um, but I would put the just average dice in favor of either Tau or orcs against that. Um, and I'd love to be proven wrong. Yeah, and, and I will say, uh, for those of you... Knight players who are trying to make knights work. Tower, the Tower matchup got a lot worse without the three of Binville. Surprise. Yeah, that's hard for them. And the oh. triple broadside list is really rough for the ma- the knights to beat. Oh yeah. I mean, that's All where right. you have to pick your ally. Well, right, like. Sure. <clears throat> like you guys were saying, if you, you take three big knights and sixty plague bearers, that's going to be an exceptional list everything's super mm-hmm. hard to kill you're never giving up kills you have good board control yeah, it's gonna be really good and like with orcs because the only thing you have to come up with a plan to to try and overcome is the shock the the big mech with the relic shock attack gun which obviously is difficult because chaos don't have access to a ton of sniper stuff um and then you always have to overcome the grot screen etc but a melee chaos knight will kill an entire unit of orc boys by himself in one round of combat once he gets going um, and if you take the Vow of Carnage on a, a double Gatling Cannon Knight or a melee, a dedicated melee Knight, he's going to be cracking thirty attacks within, you know, by turn. Yeah, because yeah. the Vow of Carnage is for every ten models Kill. in an attack period. So Gatling yeah. Cannon. They're on the away. clock. It's it's the Mech Attack Gun and Ludas, and Ludas are really swingy too, right? Like they well, need fives to wound, and maybe they don't get that many shots. And then you take the Vow of Ignore AP One, and now you have a three up save. 
against the Ludas. Right. Like, I feel like Chaos Knights are really well equipped to to handle Oryx. It's, just, it's the shock attack gun is the thing that you have to yeah. and, uh, plan for. And that dead Killy Claw. Like, don't forget that guy. Yeah. He's like six attacks, hitting on twos, wounding on twos, rerolling both. But he for, dies. He's going to fuck up a knight. He oh, dies yeah. in the process. Like, he'll kill a knight, but he dies doing it. So Worth it. It usually, yeah, yeah obviously, it usually he, is. But. He's got, you've got him and the shotgun. He'll trade the, the Killy Claw for one of your knights, and now you're down a third, like, a third of your list, functionally. Hmm. <clears throat> it's tough. All right. So, uh, at the end of every episode, we like to open it up to the patrons uh, on Facebook chat, and uh, they ask questions, and we answer them on the podcast. So, every week we do that, and if you'd like to ask us questions, go to patreon.com slash chapter tactics, considering helping out the podcast and getting your question answered live on air. Well, not live, but on air. (laughs) (laughs) First things first, Tom wants to know, um, actually, we already answered his question. He says he also says rest in peace, Eldar Flyers, um, which I don't know if I necessarily it's not agree with. It's, it's so not here's he, and here's the thing to remember that that double Gatling cannon, Infernal Knight with the relic, yeah, that'll smoke a flyer if you go first. If yes. the Eldar you go have to first, be in range. that too, uh, you know, only yeah. thirty six. But like, if the Eldar get the first punch in, they're gonna put that die down on a six up invuln, and then they're gonna hammer him with all of these AP3 shots with multi-damage, he's going to go away before he gets to do anything. Yeah, and if you keep him too far out of psychic range, if you're worried about the psychic... The Eldar player is just going to outrange yeah. you or stay yeah, out if, of range. Yeah, if you're out of psychic range, he's out of shooting range. Yeah, it's it's a tough matchup still. Um, <clears throat> Matthew wants to know, which is better, a hybrid melee ranged or pure shooting? Um, and he says to remember what Falcon said about Wardens a few months ago. I don't remember, Matt, I'm sorry. Uh, the Warden's got a lot more popular as of oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. of a couple different players. Um, they're significantly cheaper, too. They are, definitely. Um, I really like the double the double Shooty Knight, um, especially with the Iconoclast bonus. It means that your dancing feet are doing easily more work against almost every single target in the game that compared to the sword. Um and you're doing it while also putting out very, very dangerous shooting. Um, it's not to say that's your only option, but personally, I really love that hybrid unit like that. Uh, yeah, I think I think I think probably the double shooting is better, but um, I think you probably want a combination of both if you want to run three big knights. Um, I think you should definitely have at least one hybrid warden or chainsword, Gatling cannon, just desecrator or whatever they're called, just spoiler. Yeah, um, one one guy with Gatling plus Fist or something uh, does give you some very nice stratagem options, because uh, Death Grip is actually really good. Um, yeah, especially and... with a Fist that rerolls all misses. Or not even yeah. misses, just rerolls hits. Yeah, um, and then you then also, like, that frees up, like, a hundred-odd points to uh, put something else into a secondary detachment, which can be really nice. Uh, Dan wants to know: Will Chaos Knights change the meta before more than Imperial Knights already did? No, no. I mean, people no. are already preparing for Imperial Knights. You do the same thing against Chaos Knights for the most part. Okay. Um, <clears throat> has any impact data been gathered in the past on model rules, introductions, and reductions? Uh, like when, like a projection of the effect Chaos Knights have on the meta versus say like sisters when they come out 
So yes, um, they will have a apricot and evergreen tree impact on the meta, whereas the sisters are pr- projected to only have a curry and white rice impact. Really, just curry white rice? Just curry and white rice. <laughs> a lot of people are probably surprised it's, by that, but it's. it's it, I I know you guys are on NDA. Is that an official GW stance, or is that just? I'm going to come opinion? out and say it. Like a, you know what? Lawyers be damned. Yes. That is what GW said. Okay, all right. I just, yeah, I, I, I want to know where the data is coming from. You know, it's important. Uh, we'll Mr. probably talk about this workshop. a lot so, on yeah. uh, 40K Slut Center, actually. The Games Workshop family's been sitting on this kind of fact for a long time, but we're just going to put it out there for now. Uh, he, he just wanted That's to know fair. the impact yeah. timetables. Um, but anyways, move, moving on to Vic. Sorry, Ken. <laughs> moving on to Vic. Plus, uh, Ken? What do you mean, sorry? We answered she- the question. I love Ken, but those kind of questions, like... That's a question how, how for Peter, that? if anyone. Yeah, Peter, Peter, get in there. <laughs> um, Vuk uh, wants to know, <clears throat> uh, at one point, at a point of growth in models and rules, that the fluff can't keep up or doesn't... So, um, do you think we've, we're we at a point in growth in models and rules that the fluff can't keep up to the um, rules that are coming out? For example, the Chaos Knights don't have Forge Worlds or Houses. Um, they only have Iconoclast and Infernal. Um, is this because of the lack of fluff, or is this just gw making a weird decision what's the deal there i mean some of the houses are named in the codex <laughs> yeah, yeah they, have they have a bunch of uh, they, they just don't have explicit rules attached to them and like people are going to complain about that but let's be fair like there are a bunch of space marine chapters that don't have explicit rules attached to them either like there's no very special and unique snowflake rules for uh the uh, Nova Marines, they just Caradons. use the Ultramarines. Yeah, it's like, you just, there's a lot of things in the game that don't have rules apart from using someone else's rules. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so uh, Brett wants to know, uh, GW is a business to make money and sell models, but is it not starting to feel like the game is becoming imbalanced? Uh, from the perspective that newer <laughs> units seem to be getting more points efficient and have better rules, whereas there's still a few units always spammed and a lot of units never even considered for older codexes. Um, so uh, are we are we getting to the point where game the game is becoming imbalanced or unbalanced? Yeah, I, uh, I, these questions are interesting to me as well. The game's always imbalanced. Ooh. Yeah, it's and it's imbalanced. less imbalanced now than it has been at most previous points. Like I would say we are more balanced now than we were at the beginning of 8th. But just by the uh, nature certainly of any asymmetry, point like you can't have all units the same. You just never yeah. will. And and also as for the you know units becoming more powerful, on the most trivial level, that's true. But that's mostly because they are honing in on where the appropriate balance for unit is. So more units are coming closer to that baseline rather than being well above or below it. Um, yeah. You did see several very, very poorly priced units early in the edition, like, you know, Malefic Lords. Uh, we haven't seen anything even close to that since then. Uh, and then his second question, uh, real quick, would the IGC possibly implement a comp score based on a percentage of appearance Ugh. within a tournament? Uh, Reese, I can answer that. Um, uh, no. Hard comp pass. Comp and again, the thing terrible. is, like, that's, that question is such a matter of perception. Yes. Like, if you look at the actual data, considering how wildly complex the game is, there's a really good spread of diversity, not only in representation in events, but who's winning and performing well in events. There's mm-hmm. some skew, but it's largely because there's just, like, Imperium is winning the most, but that's because the most people play it by a mile. Um, the game is actually 
fairly balanced. There's a couple outliers like Grey Knights are still lagging, but even Necrons are like creeping back up and they have gotten zero new material, but they're doing better and better and better in the meta. And that's because the player is figuring out how to work with the tools that they have. So it's that, that question is really skewed based on uh, personal bias. I'm not saying the person's wrong from their perspective. I'm sure they're right. But if you look at the data, the game is in actually a really good place. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I would say on a, on a casual level, I'd say it's even more balanced than at the highest competitive level. Um, I feel yeah. like every codex has a real shot of, of performing well competitive, like a, in a competitive fun game of casual 40 K. Yeah, right. The, so the disparity between units. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The yeah. Competitive being it's a close game and it's not a blowout. <clears throat> so anyways, <laughs> moving on, moving on, uh, Mr. Caleb from a competitive standpoint, what are your thoughts on the Scorpius Dune Rider versus the Termite Assault Drill and the Scorpius Disintegrator versus the Onager Dune Crawler? Jeff, you answered a similar question last week. Take it away. Uh, I'm not quite familiar with the names just yet, but the tank version of the Admech new uh, floaty transport thing is incredible. I think it's very, very good. It's very inexpensive. Provides indirect fire at decent range, which is uh, what they were lacking, and it's just very nice. In comparison to the Onager, I would always just say, why not have both? I think the Onager is still fantastic, yeah. puts out a lot of shots, is a sturdy firing platform that um, doesn't suffer from movement, which is nice. And then this thing is the same thing, so it adds a little bit of mobility. Not nearly as durable, uh, but I mean, not nearly as, I guess, a little bit severe. It's okay. Um, they're great. I think you can reliably put three in a list and not feel like you're forging some kind of narrative if you're, you're playing a, a good list. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that the the transport version as compared to the termite, they fill fairly different roles overall. I mean, the termite is nearly twice as many points as the transport is. So, like, right. that's a pretty huge thing right off the bat. But the the transport is kind of intended to sit on the table and take up space, whereas the termite is 100% about delivering a unit of Electro Priests. Mm-hmm. Which it can, and the Skitari version cannot. So what are you delivering yeah. with that? It's like a squad of guys shooting guns, which is not great at all, for the most part. Uh, and the Termite also is good in close combat and shoots Melta shots, which is kind of cool. Like, yeah, It's just a very strikes. good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so finally, Chris wants to know, will the Castellan Knight Tyrant rise again as an answer to a Knight Heavy meta? Maybe. Um, like I said earlier, like death hex is huge. Being able to just like shut down invulns and then punch through armor with all your guns is really big. Yeah, d- death hex with a knight tyrant, even even though you don't have access to the house raven strat, um, you still get plus one damage, plus one strength to your weapons, mm-hmm. um, which is you know not that big of a deal for the volcano no. lance, but huge for the plasma decimator because it yeah. basically gives you calls wrath. You you get calls wrath without spending a relic on it, which yeah. is pretty good. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, I, I agree with Sean. I don't really know. I don't think so, though. Instinct says no. Well, it's never going to be Castellan dominant, but, like, it's probably going to show up. Yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> All right. That's it for the episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening. As always, if you want to hear more from Sean, Jeff, and Reese, Sean, where can they find you? Uh, well, I mean, obviously this Thursday we're releasing our first episode of 40k Slut Center, so yep. definitely oh, is that check out. A thing? 
Uh, yeah, it's very much real and will be part of the new backline gaming uh, network. Yes. We're establishing Excellent. ourselves as competitors. We have a song um, coming out too for merchandise at the same time. So yeah, uh, and we're going to be running our own line of tournaments: the uh, OLV, the uh, OAB, various various competitors yep. at the polar opposite time of year as the NorCal Open. Open. NorCal yes, Open. yes. Yep. Uh, you got so me sweating, everyone guys. should. Yeah, get to, you definitely look forward to that. I think we're going to basically drag Reese out behind the shed and shoot him in the head, uh, to Ooh, metaphorically wow. put it in the most gentle way. Um, <laughs> but as far as real podcasts go, we also do In the Finest Hour, um, which we did an episode on Nights, number 26, if you want to check that out and you want to hear a whole bunch more about them because you're not tired of it yet. Um, what about you guys? Uh, I'm at Control TV on Twitch and YouTube. We stream Warhammer on my channel every Tuesday at about 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And I just did a Knights, Chaos Knights Codex review, which is uh, a lot like this and a little bit in-depth. It's on my YouTube at Control TV as well. They're good, by the way. His, his reviews yeah. are really good. I, I really like your, your reviews of the Codex, Jeff. You, <clears throat> you, you hit everything real solid on, and it's very listenable. Yeah. And then you've heard of Reese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, mm-hmm. not for long. Not once, <laughs> not, one, not once Slut Center gets going. Buy your tickets to SoCal. They're yeah. selling out. It's going to be yeah. a great tournament. We're at mm-hmm. 220, I think. So there's there's oh, actually wow. not that many spots left. Yeah. Ooh, baby. Yeah. It's going to be a super major. Yeah, it's it's exciting. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I, that, I like that your third run tournament is still like the fourth biggest tournament in the U.S. In year three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. It happened very quickly, but yeah, it's it's cool. It's <clears throat> exciting to see. Yeah, absolutely. Uh you can also go to 40kstats.com, uh consider checking out Peter's website, take a look at the top four lists, and of course, our brand new show, 40k Stats Center, every Wednesday morning on the Frontline Gaming Network. Thank you very much for listening. You guys are the best and have a good one. And gals Bye. are the best. Ciao. <laughs>